It's a little more like it. <laughs> Finally got a song you like? Yeah. My favorite song all time. Is that right? right here, yeah. Noah's favorite song this is? Who? Nick Saban. Really? Nick Saban, God. his deal is that he listens to this song with his wife after every Alabama win on the way uh, home. Man, there, Dave, there's a great documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom. It's yep. about backup singers. We didn't let it go far enough, but there, the point where where the woman comes in and she's she's just screaming from her soul, rape, murder. She was pregnant, and I'm I'm mind blanked on her name, and it's terrible because she's an incredible talent. They called her in. Mick Jagger called her in in the middle of the night. She was very far along in her pregnancy. She ended up having a miscarriage. Really? Because the the amount of strain that she put on her body for that portion of the song ended up having a miscarriage. Wow. But in this movie, 20 Feet from Stardom, they they do an incredible job because it's all about Darlene Love and Ronnie Spector and all these fantastic talents that were backup singers. But they're playing just the raw, not even the music, it's just the raw vocals. And they're showing Mick Jagger's face, yeah. and they cut to her face as they just sit there and listen and look, man, I'm sure I knock on wood. Uh, I only have two kids. I've only been through it twice, and they're both healthy as can be. There's just there's a look on their face where I, I'm not going to put words into her mouth. Uh, that wouldn't be fair. But but watch it. Twenty feet from stardom is an incredible movie. But that portion about that song wow. is uh, is just incredible. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. Finally nailed a song. Oh, you got you. it. I'm there proud of you. Go. I'm very proud that? of you. <laughs> Much more than Tabitha. Listen, let's yes. get this right out on the table, okay. okay? I come all the way down to East Lake, and Dave goes, what's with Tabitha Lipkin? Now, I like Tabitha Lipkin because on social media, and Aloha Taylor is doing this now, and MJ Acosta is doing it. I don't know what's up with the local news chicks, but it's all bikinis all the time. Yeah, how about that? God, I'm offended. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> So Tabitha Lipkin has taken over at Fox 5 for our pal Jordan Whitley, yes. who's moved down south. Somebody needs to get in there at Fox 5. Come on, wake up, Troy Hirsch. Do something and help this girl out. I understand because I work uh, for a company that deals with the NHL, and the yeah. NHL has a ton of names now that are difficult. Oh, yeah. But Alexander Ovechkin has been in the league for a long time. When he went Arguably to the best player in the league. Right there with Crosby. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I what I said, Con arguably. Con yeah, Connor McDavid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a few others. But yeah, he's he's always in there. He's been right at the top. But it's Alexander Ovechkin. When Tabitha Lipkin, star of Instagram, is showing uh, highlights, she should not have to call him Alex Ovi Chicken. Over Chicken. <laughs> now i know I just, gonna... I just set it on my dvr for two days waiting for jeff to come down and i just showed him but holy cow she does this every night and again maybe sports isn't her thing fantastic she's doing the best she can but somebody has to have something for her to say this is how you pronounce names espn never messes up a name because they have a sheet on every single person there's every a reason they don't mess up names paul reed doesn't give a shit he messes up high school names all the time what's the he just name does you it. screwed up the worst Oh, what's the name I've screwed I've up got the worst? Mine. Oh, man. That's funny. Right off the top of my head, I can't think of it. Here's the way I used to do it all the time. You know better than anybody. Anytime I'd come across a name I wasn't sure about. Kabir Baja Biamila. Yeah, but I'd look at you and just yeah. let you do it. I'll tell you right now, I can't do the Greek freak. I just call him the Greek freak yeah, from Milwaukee. No, I, I won't even try. Him. But I used to always look at you on the air like, all right, you do it. Um, 
we were on, I think, KFMB. Yeah. Doing Padre talk. I flat out on the air could not say Mike DiGiovanna yeah. from the Angels. And I would just have Mike reintroduce. Hey, Mike, tell everybody who you are. <laughs> well, I'm Mike DiGiovanna from the LA Times. Thank you. I just locked up. Yeah. I just told him, I go, Mike, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just locked yeah. up. I have no idea why I can't get through it. Uh, and we just said, joining us right now, I'm Mike DiGiovanna. Yeah. Thanks. And Did were, it. Yeah, it was great. And there were other names in the past that I wouldn't do or you wouldn't put guests on because you'd say, this idiot's third grade a uh, sense of humor. Oh, yeah. It's going to start laughing. He's not going to make it. You John get Crumpacker yeah. <laughs> was a uh, Nancy Gay. I didn't book John Crumpacker. I didn't. Uh, I never booked Nancy Gay in San Francisco. That's true. You'd get all but mad John at me. John Crumpacker, I used yeah. to always say, yeah, I can't, I can't. I know I can't. We could book. talk to John Crumpacker, but this idiot's going to start laughing. You know, scream at me before we'd even yeah. try and put him on the show. Yeah. I don't even know what he covered. <laughs> I don't know either. He covered something. Uh, what do you make of the Brady story? What do you make I'm of that glad you brought it up. It's interesting because the Tom Brady story, as soon as I heard it this morning, and I'm sure by now most people know what we're talking about, but Tom Brady has been a guest on WEEI. It's an incredible get. Incredible get. I mean, forever. I mean, it yeah. is one of the top sports stations, and I guarantee you, uh, people who are sports fans in Boston, even if you're a casual fan, you're, you're a female that loves Tom Brady, you're flipping in to hear what Tom Brady's going to sure. say every single Monday. I mean, really, here's a guy with so much money, he doesn't have to do it. That's an incredible get. Yeah. You couldn't get Philip Rivers to come on once a week in San Diego, let alone to get a guy like Tom Brady in Boston to come on. Well, Tom Brady has this television show that he's he's basically showing what it's like to be Tom Brady and his inside of what Tom Brady does to make it so at 40 years old, how is he still so good and his sleep schedule and his working out and what he eats. And I'm fascinated to watch it. But honestly, I want to see it. I want to see what is it about Tom Brady that – makes him get through this lifestyle when you have kids you know kids take so much of your time how's he sleeping 12 hours a night and still a pro athlete you know yeah. how does he not drink coffee drink beer anything else have any friends but w what happened was the guy in wei not the people that he comes mm -hmm. on the show with but another show made fun of his five-year-old daughter called, called her, her a piss aunt right? called her a piss aunt yeah and said uh, his daughter was a piss aunt so someone related to tom brady and the guys in the morning i don't know if you heard the clip yet but the guys in the morning were like, watch this, you know, like kind of, you know, we're going to point this out to Tom. And Tom knew about it ahead of time because I was told someone on your station called my daughter a pissant. Well, kids are off limits immediately. Always. You want to see Jeff and I lose our temper quickly. Say something about one of our kids or, or a wife that someone who didn't ask to be a public figure. Yeah. Now you're putting them in, in a different situation. So here's that first. I was like, ah, oh, this bullshit, man. If I was Tom, I'd be so pissed. I would have nothing to do with that station ever again. But Tom, in a sense, kind of made his daughter a public figure by putting her on this TV show. Yeah, I understand that. It, it, she's still off limits. I agree the, with that, the too. The thing that was shocking to me is the kid who made the comment in WEEI, uh, uh, Boston is racist as city as you're going to get. Yes. He's an openly gay sports host. Yeah. And I, when I found that out, I go, here's a guy who has dealt probably with name-calling his whole life and fought through it and found himself achieving a professional goal to be on a big-time station like WEEI. And you would think of anything, he would be a guy that would advocate against yeah. any kind of hate. And instead, you're going to call a, a little girl a pissant on EEI? Yeah. Fuck that guy. Insane. Insane. Fuck that guy. And, and people want to go, well, what's that equivalent to? It's equivalent to taking a shot at one of Tony Gwynn's kids. You know, and yeah. uh, and I think maybe even bigger because Tom Brady is such a, a big hero. I mean, the big question last week is Tom Brady 
past Michael Jordan as the greatest team athlete in history, all that, whatever your argument is. It's one of those situations where I thought for sure, Jeff, that guy was getting fired today. He should. Yeah, but you know what they did? He was in Minnesota getting ready to cover Super Bowl. Yeah. They brought him back to Boston, his suspension. He's only been suspended for, I understand, a week as of right now. Yeah. Now, we've Let's seen see this what before. what happens if Brady stays or goes. Yeah, and we've seen this before where all of a sudden, hey, you got a week, the guy gets on yeah. the plane, comes back, and next thing you know, the guy's out the door. I mean, you kind of got to be out the door. You better be, look, you better be a difference maker because Tom Brady makes money for the radio station. If you don't make money, you're gone. Yeah. You're gone. And and if Brady determines that's it and I don't want to do it anymore, uh, later, fella. For me, I'd say that's it. What would you do? Yeah. I, I just. I mean, you don't need the money anyway. You're kind of doing it just because you want to prove you're the same guy you've been since 2001. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I. I think he's gone. Yeah. Because she's a little kid. She's a little kid. No, I, I think you're gone. And if Brady comes back and said, well, I didn't want the guy fired. Hey, thanks, Tom. I'll run the radio station. Yeah. You don't make the calls. Yeah. You determine who you want to throw to on third and four, and I'll determine how I want to run my building. Yeah. This I'm guy really messed his career up. Yeah. I'm going to send an example to everybody in this building, and I'm going to say to that kid when I yank him in by his scrawny neck, you know, you were really a guy that we put our neck out on the line for, and we supported, and you've been a great hire, and you let me down. Yeah. But I'm going to let you down right now because you're fired. Yeah. Arguably, the greatest get in sports radio right now has to be having Tom Brady on yeah. once a week. But even if it's uh, Brian Hoyer's kid, yeah, you're still fired. I'm with you on that. I always say that kids are off limits. Yeah. You know? It's... Uh, it's ugly as hell. It's, it was uncomfortable to listen to. I think Tom handled it perfect today as far yeah. as saying, hey, I'm done. I'm not going to give you anything else. We'll see what happens from here on out. And he hung up the phone. If somebody makes a comment about my great, 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 great grandfather, Leisure Bolt, I think you're out too. I can joke about him. Dave can joke about him because he's our family. But if anybody else makes jokes to him about, hey, what was it like? When you had to go to the uh, store yeah. in your horse and carriage, that's off limits yeah. to Leisure Bolt. What was it like when you lived down the street from George Washington? No. <laughs> no. That's not true. What was it like when you when you babysat Thomas Edison? I, enough. Draw the line. He is a fossil. His time is limited. He could be dead by the end of this show, and he will be shown the respect that an old flat ass like him has earned. Right? We will honor that toothless little <laughs> bastard. My, my, some of my favorite line with Leisure Bolt every time he sort of brings he up his name. And he that that anybody calls him Bolt. Yes. Oh, my gosh. His his Twitter hand, I always call him Bolt. It's, it's Leisure Fire, whatever his garbage is. I'm like, is this old goat so blind he can't even see that his own name is leisure bolt the guy's shocked every time stop calling change your twitter handle <laughs> i hope he never changes it now he made some comment that was so 40s that someone said i loved you in grand torino is still my favorite line of all time <laughs> well i'll barely let that slide but again all the rest of you that ask him what was it like to watch Charles Lindbergh. No. 
<laughs> Did you take Amelia Earhart to the prom? We're not doing that, okay? We're going to show some class to him while he's still here <laughs> breaking every world record for staying alive at his advanced stage. God bless that guy, man. God bless that guy. He just gets destroyed every day. I think we all took a while yeah. to figure him out. Yeah. And then we figured it out. We just love the guy. I do. He's Honestly, great. he's one of my favorite guys. Oh, my God. He's hysterical. That's the guy's addicted funny. to podcasts. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he yeah, is. he's he's a podcast stalker. He must just sit there in his little trailer in Hamul in the backgrounds of the Hollywood <laughs> Casino, and just he's probably got a ham radio. What that's do you think it. he has for lunch every day? Oh my gosh, that's funny you say that. Probably the whole same thing every Tuna single sandwich. day. Tuna sandwich, no no crust, cuts it off, takes time. no crust. Yeah. Probably a nice warm cup of yeah. Folgers. <laughs> he just Folgers. Doesn't even have a coffee pot. He just makes it on the stove. He just hangs out. <laughs> Probably feeds all the raccoons. Oh, my gosh. All the raccoons just sit back there. He just feeds them all, named them all Rocky and Rusty. Oh, my gosh. All right, so I'm dying to talk to you all day because I'm going to talk to you because you told me the excitement factor that the Christmas gift that you got for your kids and how you're going to take your kids mm. to an NBA game. Yeah. Now you get a chance to ask, uh, are they still excited? Do they understand what just happened? Oh, yeah. They, they got it fully. Now... <laughs> Here's the deal. My sons love the NBA. Every yep. night I come home, they're watching the NBA or they play 2K18. Now they're playing in a little league. I mean, I don't know where they got it from, but they, they love the NBA. They love basketball. So their Christmas gift that I got them, we're going Saturday to Staples Center. Um, their first regular season NBA game. So they're going to see the Clippers and Bulls. Okay. Now... I, uh, Blake Griffin, traded today to the Pistons Unbelievable. for four scrubs and a couple of draft picks. I got a huge kick out of it. Even though I'm the guy who footed the bill, Yeah, I told my sons, I'm like, look, you should have been an NHL fan. Because Drew Doughty's <laughs> still on the Kings today. And uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Getzlaff's on the Ducks or whoever else you want to see. But here's the crazy thing. My younger of the two by two and a half minutes, Jack, I call him and I'm talking to him about the trade. And he said to me, he goes, wow. And and he's like, ah, oh, man. And he goes, well, does Blake still get to play on Saturday? <laughs> I go, no. He's out. He's gone. He's yeah. going to Detroit. We're going to see these three jabronis coming in. And now this guy says to me, he goes, wow. He goes, I wonder now if they're going to do that deal with Cleveland. They go, what, what deal with Cleveland? So he's paying attention to what's going on. He goes, yeah, I'm hearing they're, they're going to try to trade Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan and get Kevin Love back here. And I go, where did you get that? He goes, well, they've been talking about it for a while. Okay, I go, good job. I go, wow. I hadn't yeah. heard that anywhere. Yeah. My 10-year-old kid's breaking <laughs> NBA. I go, well, that's pretty wild. But um, no, they're bummed. They're bummed. I of mean, course. that's why... That's why sports are a drag. We've yeah. become cynical and, and everything else. But you were he was the guy that they were excited to see. Of if, course. If if um there'll be a couple guys on the Bulls, I'm sure I'm thinking of. I'm mind blanking right now, but there's a couple of guys on the, the Bulls. The kid the the rookie from Arizona is the yeah. one you want to see. Mark Mark again. Mark well, I'm messing up the whole name. It's it's white kid number twenty four, make it real simple. Lori Mark again or whatever. I know I'm mispronouncing. Markinen. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy that's a stud. He's because, about seven feet tall and doesn't play yeah, like a seven in footer. The, came in the Jimmy Butler trade. Yes, because awesome. Wolves, awesome Wolves drafted him and then traded yes. him. Because I said to them tonight. Um, they were talking about different players, and I said, yeah, I want to see that marketing. And they're like, marketing. 
You get corrected. Dude, now, I can't do it either. What do you I don't know do? if it's from 2K18 yeah. or, or watching the different things. Look, man, uh, I will say this about anything in life to anybody. Whatever your passion is, I, I'm fascinated by stuff yeah. like that. Their passion right now is the NBA. They they will, if we go to Target, they'll watch Steph Curry videos or, or they'll find things on the phone. Uh, it, it may not be my particular thing, but they're into yeah. it. I'm just, I, I do feel kind of bad because I know they're excited about seeing Griffin, but they'll still have a great time. Yeah, they will have a great time. It's funny with me. I think I told you this story. I think I might have said it even on the podcast. Uh, Michael Jordan, second year. I mm-hmm. got tickets to see the Cleveland Cavs and Chicago Bulls. And my plan was I was going to get on a bus by myself yeah. and, and take a 15-hour bus ride from Nashville, Tennessee to Cleveland, Ohio to meet a friend there right. who lived in Canton, Ohio. And we're going to see Michael Jordan in his second year. Everyone was talking how great Jordan was. And, and where I lived in that part of the country, we knew how good he was through North Carolina. But anyway, Jordan breaks his foot earlier in the season. And we're thinking, well, man, he might come back in December. Well, he didn't come back. Instead, they signed George Gervin, who was 100 years old. <laughs> and we signed George Gervin instead. It was, it, was yeah. a, it was terrible. I mean, I've, I thought about that immediately as soon as I realized your kids weren't going to see Blake Griffin. The funny thing was, Jerry West came out today and said, we still think we can get LeBron James. That's right. Just going to bring up? Yeah. And if you're LeBron James now, I don't know if you call this. I didn't hear anybody mention this today at all, except Colin Coward mentioned it for a second. And then, okay. it, and then it disappeared. He, Colin Coward said on his show today that he has a friend in, in the business that is a great journalist. He goes, I haven't talked to the guy in 20 years. Gave him a call over the weekend, and he goes, look, I'm going to give you this story. He goes, LeBron James is coming to L.A. He's not going to Houston. He's going to L.A. He didn't say Lakers or Clippers, but everyone always assumes Lakers when you hear about LeBron James. He goes, he's already in the process right now of moving his law team, his, his – uh, nutritionists, his doctors, his marketing team, everything out from Cleveland to Los Angeles right now, this week. Boy, how long did it take him to talk him into making that move? And so, <laughs> and I don't know how it works as far as being a lawyer goes and passing the bar, yeah. and, but, oh, but I know true. passing the bar in California isn't easy to do. But you're talking about, yeah, you're probably going to be fine, but still, it's a hassle. Yeah. So, but the process is that LeBron James is in the process this week of moving everyone that's important to him to Los Angeles that works for him, that keeps the LeBron James brand going. Now, again, everybody always thinks Lakers, and the Lakers talk about who they're going to get rid of to make room for LeBron. But um, Jerry West thinks it's going to, he still has a chance of getting him with the Clippers. If you're DeAndre Jordan, by the way, remember a couple years ago he signed, yeah. had the agreement Crazy. with Dallas and Chris Paul and yep. Blake Griffin. Now you have Chris Paul in Houston, you have Blake Griffin in Detroit. Yeah. And now you're like, fuck you guys. Yeah. You know, you guys, I want to go to Dallas. Yeah. And I'm here and with Doc Rivers, and, and both of us are probably going to see the door soon, and we don't Doc have a choice where we're going. Done, right? Doc has to be gone. Austin out, yeah. too. Yeah, I, that's interesting, too, right? How much money he gave his own son. Anyway, it, it's it's fun to watch. I think your kids are picking up the NBA at the right time mm-hmm. as far as being a fan. Fun? Yeah, it is fun. Yeah, it, I, it, It's a good time. No, I like it. Um, I love that talk about LeBron. I think it, I think it makes it fascinating that the Clips now are into it. Yeah. Because, like you said, and with Paul George and anything else, I I love Mason in Ireland. I really do. I tried to listen to Craig and Hank today. It was uh, terrible. I I just couldn't listen to it because they were Marty was in Minneapolis and everybody was talking over each other, and it just I couldn't take it. So I lasted twenty five seconds there, and then I quit. I went to Mason in Ireland, and. Guys, man, they're so, and our pal Greg Bergman, which doesn't mean anything to you guys, but I I support that show because our former producer at Fox produces for Steve and John. 
I think that show is so well thought out and good. They do an amazing job at teases. Yeah. I, I think teases in sports talk radio are a joke. Because if you like the show, you'll hang around to see what's coming up next. But but John, I think, might be the only guy in radio where I go, every time he nails it, we go, that is really, really good. But the point they made today, Dave, and you tell me, they what John said and Steve agreed with or vice versa, was that LeBron would not, this was before the Blake Griffin trade, this is yeah. 12 noon that LeBron would not come to the Lakers by himself. The only way he would come to the Lakers is if Paul George was attached to it. I think Paul George would come. I just don't see... No, but they're saying LeBron would not... If Paul George determines I'm staying in Oklahoma City, they were under the belief that that would have a severe impact on LeBron, especially with Boogie Cousins going down. Yeah, I believe that 100%. I would do the same thing if I was LeBron. I still want to win. I mean, he's going to be, what, 34 in December that you still want to win yeah. no, no matter how many years you have left and you want to create the brand and you know, the West coast, the whole deal. I think Paul George is coming. You could say whatever he wants that Russell Westbrook stood up for him and said, Hey, he is an all-star. This is bullshit. Like he has no chance of winning in Oklahoma city. There's nothing to do in Oklahoma city. The guy's a, a California guy loves Kobe Bryant, loves everything about the Lakers group of fan. I think Paul George is the easiest lock of the two guys. But if they go to the Clippers for you personally, after swinging and missing on so many free agents over the last 10 years, uh, how how do you, right there, take that as an L.A. Laker fan if the Clips, uh, just tonight, yes, just the idea that there's legit talk that the Clippers and Balmer may come in, and don't forget, he's trying to build that new arena in Inglewood. Now, whether or not it'd be done by the time these guys are done, probably wouldn't be. Not for LeBron, at least. No, true. But just today, as you sit here as a Laker fan, because I know inside you had to have been excited thinking about LeBron and George and just the idea of it. How does it make you feel right now thinking, oh, my God, they may come to L.A., but if they come to L.A. and they go to the Clippers... I don't think it ever happens because here you go. I'll, but I'll, you have to you have to admit it's a legit this possibility. Is, and that, it, there's, there's an interesting point in this whole move is that we mentioned Dre West's name. Mm-hmm. The Lakers blew it by not bringing Dre West back. I agree with you completely. I mean, every championship the Lakers have in Los Angeles, Dre West is connected to it. Yeah. Either as a player or players that he brought in. He's connected to every single championship. He would have come back in a heartbeat if they would have opened the door. They completely yeah. fucked this thing up without having Jerry West there. And Jerry West is like 80 years old now. It doesn't matter. He still works yeah. in the NBA, and he's a Laker. And I, Lucid. Yeah. I talked to my dad tonight, who, along with you, is a diehard Laker yeah. fan. We're talking about the Blake Griffin trade because he's wondering about his grandson and how he's holding up. And my dad said the same thing. He goes, God, that goddamn Jerry West, man. Yeah. He goes, goddamn Jerry West is going to make a run at it. And and you look at what he achieved with the Lakers, what he helped out. I mean, Joe Lacobe tried big to keep him yeah. in Golden State and couldn't get it done to keep him there. Um, but but right now, you have to admit, you have to be a little concerned that Jerry West is all of a sudden it, a player. You you have that much faith in Magic and Rob it, Palenka it's, it's versus not, not Jerry West. No, no, no. It's not that part. It's the part that it's the Lakers. It's the difference to me of saying I'm going to New York, but I'm playing for the Nets. I'm not playing for the Knicks. I I, I it, buy it, it, I buy into that. 100%. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it's the it's the whole it's, deal. Larry Bird made a good point about the NBA. He goes, unless you played for the Lakers or Celtics, you never really played in the NBA. Yeah, I buy into that. I I will give you that 100. percent 
And that's, I really do. And I think that's the big thing. It's the brand. I mean, it's being the next guy. Yeah, exactly. And wear it, it. And there's an excitement effect. If Jay West, for some reason, could pull this off and get Kevin Love and get Paul George and yeah. get LeBron, that's pretty exciting. Because right now the Clippers look like, God dang, are we the Clippers again from 1984? Does LeBron, but if you ship Kevin Love out this week, is LeBron telling Kevin Love, I'll see you in a year? Or is LeBron telling Kevin Love, I can't do it with you? I I need Lou Williams coming off the yeah. bench scoring 40 points yeah. the other night. Amazing. And they're trying to trade Lou right now. Clearing money. Yeah. And DeAndre. Um, can't make a free throw anyway. Yeah. What message is LeBron giving to you if you're Kevin Love if you ship him to the Clippers? Are you saying, I'll see you in a year? Or is he saying, the only way I have a legit shot to beat the Warriors is if you're in L.A. Yeah. and not uh, on my on the floor with me. To me, the easiest way for LeBron to beat the Warriors is if he would have gone to Houston. All that talk of him going to Houston a week ago made sense to me, yeah. of playing with Chris Paul, one of his best friends, and playing with James Harden. That made sense. But the fact that he says he's willing to go to – or he's not saying it. The rumors are that he's going to one of the L.A. teams, um, and I'm the one that says Lakers because of it. I don't think you've seen shit to Kevin Love. Saying, you know, it hasn't worked out as well as I thought. Yeah. It just hasn't. I mean, would Kevin I Love be a star the with finals. the Clippers coming yeah, back to L.A.? Be. I think he would be. You know, you knew Kevin – most people know Kevin Love when he was at UCLA, but you followed him more than anybody in the NBA mm-hmm. when he was with the Wolves. The guy was a star. At the time he went to the Cavs, I thought he was a top-five player in the league. Yeah. I thought Kevin Love was outstanding. He's completely – become the third guy in Cleveland no matter that Kyrie's gone or not he's just just a guy yeah I, and and I don't know I mean he's I, an all-star but he's he's not the guy that you go he's he's the number one guy on a franchise team he didn't do it with the Wolves no and I'm I'm you tell me I'll defer to you I don't know that Kevin Love is likable and yeah. and and why that matters is because when I look at guys that are in LA that have been stars there, there's a likability factor. It's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. We got a role here. I don't know that he's likable. I think he comes across a little bit like a, I don't know. I, I think punk's too strong a word, but you get where I'm just, just not a guy, very punchable little face <laughs> out Kevin Love, right? But, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe he comes to, he maybe he comes back to yeah. L.A. and he gets out. From a Minnesota team that was going nowhere, and he gets out from under the shadow of LeBron, I would think he'd be incredibly motivated to come here and be the yeah, guy. I, man, I have no idea what happens to Kevin Love. I will say this about L.A. It doesn't matter if you played at UCLA or USC. They just yeah. want you to win for that team. It's not as big of a deal as – I remember when Reggie Miller came out of UCLA and he went to the Pacers. People freaked out they didn't draft Steve Alford. Yeah, and, you know they yeah, wanted they yeah. wanted a hometown guy, kind <laughs> yeah. of a deal, an Indiana guy. Yeah. That doesn't mean shit in LA. They don't no. care that Kevin Love was a UCLA guy. They just want the best player for oh, the yeah. Lakers. Yeah, it, I I I think it's good. I do think you're right though, on what you say because the statues out front, and I'll be there, are Jerry West, yeah. and it's going to be Elgin Baylor is the it's next one coming, time. and Shaquille and Magic, Kareem and Kareem and Chick. Yep. It's not Ralph Lawler. With a stick mic, not Ralph. Yeah, it's not Ralph Lawler and Swen Nader. Yeah. And James Donaldson. <laughs> and Tom Chambers. I mean, it's not or Walton. Yeah, you're right. It's not Bill Walton. Yeah. And and any of those guys. So maybe, man. Yeah. But I, I I love I love the intrigue of it all. Yeah. Because I love I would think if I'm magic, you tell me, Dave. 
do the Clippers, we know where the Lakers are at financially. Now, if they can move Clarkson and... and uh, Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Which Randall. I'm a fan of both those guys, yeah. I got it. But, but you got to move them because gotta, of the salary cap. Yeah. I mean, you'd love to get out from uh, the Deng contract, yeah. too, but you can't, probably. But now, where are the Clippers at salary-wise after today? Are they lined up? Are they similar yeah, to where the Lakers they are? They will be. They'll be lined up. If, if they me, can move Jordan. Yeah, but they got to move Jordan. It's not so much Lou, Lou Williams' contract no, isn't killing No, them, no, right? no. Lou Williams is easily going to be traded because the guy is what a fantastic stud. player. He is. I mean, he's been great for a while. And a leader, too, right? Yeah. Good guy. I mean, he was great before he came to the Lakers. He was fine on the Rockets. He was. Yeah. He, he's always been good. He's just not... Blake Griffin. I mean, you talked about superstars. Now the Clippers don't have that one superstar saying, I'm going to buy that guy's jersey. Yeah. And that's what the Clippers had forever, man. When you had Gary Grant in the backcourt. I mean, you yeah. just they kind of blew it a little bit. Unless they can get a big-time guy like Jay West thinks they can get. I just think they're kind of fooling themselves. They've always had a history of being that joke team in the league. Who's and the now they're a coach of that team? Where do you go if you're them? For the coach of that team. You know, that's very funny. I, I, I was joking around with my son the other day. He was just like your your kids, huge NBA fan. Loves yeah. watching the NBA more than anything else. I was saying, honestly, I felt like I could coach an NBA team, but I couldn't coach a college team. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah. Whereas, hey, I could be good enough with the players that they would like me enough that we could I could <laughs> roll the ball out there and say, hey, yeah. we just need to spread the court. Whereas in college, you're really a teacher. You know, you're Steve Fisher type. Yeah. You're a teacher. No way could I coach a college team. But that NBA team seems like if you can control timeouts at the right time of when the other team starts to grab momentum and you can use your bench the right way, it almost seems yeah. like it doesn't seem that tough of a job. You just got to get someone that the players aren't sick of. And I think right now everyone's just sick of Doc Rivers. Yeah. You know, well, I'd bring in Mark Jackson. He seems like a player's Funny. guy. I was going to ask about Mark Jackson yeah. or Van Gundy or one of those guys. Yeah. Patino, right? You start yeah. looking for big name guys that are out there. I don't know how they would do. Um, baseball today, deal between the Royals. Ryan Buchter goes to the A's. Jesse Hahn goes back to Kansas City. But with that deal, the Royals clear about another $5 million, yeah. making it very clear that they're going big after Eric Hosmer. Talking to a buddy of mine in baseball tonight, his feeling is that Hosmer is going back to Kansas City. Do you have a vibe on that right now? I think uh, he's going back to Kansas City, too. I think if the Padres are in a situation where they had a chance of winning the division in the next two years, there's a very good chance he would have come here. I just see that he's looking at – it's almost a mirror to me of yeah. what Casey is and what the Padres Much are right now. Much different tax world, T though. Tax world and also the whole idea of not too many guys stay with one franchise their entire career. I just think Hosmer falls in that category where he's the next George Brett of Kansas City, and they love him forever, whereas in San Diego, maybe we're expecting a little too much from the guy, and he's never been that guy. All right. If my math is right, Thursday is February 1st, which means if if the way it works out would probably be two weeks from Wednesday. It always seems to be Valentine's Day, the pitchers and catchers yeah. report. You're looking at Jake Arietta, J.D. Martinez, Hosmer, Hugh Darvish, so many of these guys, Alex Cobb that yep. are out. But I want to ask you about the angle that nobody is talking about. If you are Eric Hosmer right now, and you are two weeks in, in a couple of days from pitchers, catchers reporting, and I know you've got $10 million in the bank, but just stay with me for a minute. Okay. What conversation are you having every night at home with your wife? Because your wife is going to be the one who wants to know where are you going to be yes. and what is the impact that it's going to have on me and our X amount of kids. 
And we're two weeks away from guys reporting. Yeah. What are we doing? Are you going to Kansas? Are we staying here? Is our life going to be the same? They're offering us $100 million to stay in Kansas City where we are comfortable. Yeah. Your kids are in school. We know the teachers. I have my friends. We have our life. Why haven't you signed that deal? Yeah. Right? Aren't you asking yeah. that if you're, the, if you're the wife? And then if that pressure is being put on you for Eric Hosmer, aren't you telling Scott Boris, dude, let's just go. Give me this deal. Or because, Dave, at some point for all of these people, we, we never think of. We look at J.D. Martinez getting this offer, you Darvish being offered money, Arietta being offered money. Jesus Christ, it's so simple that, Dave, if you're being offered a life-changing money again, yeah, and that money is going to you in Nashville, Tennessee, or let's take Nashville up, yeah. Denver, Colorado, okay? And you have the opportunity maybe to stay here in San Diego where your wife and kids are established or you can go to Denver for more money. Aren't you having this conversation literally 10 oh, times a day, 20 times, times a, day. a day? Easily. And not just with your wife, but with your parents and your friends and yeah. everyone else. Without a doubt, you are. And if you're the agent, especially with Scott Boris, you're like, stop calling me because I've done this before. I've done this before you start a plan. I'll do this after you stop playing. Guess what? But, it, but I'm there the best are things guy. that but if you are don't more have, important than the money. But if Scott Boris isn't your agent, oh my God, you're, you're definitely losing your mind. Be going, are you going to fuck this up for us? Yeah. Because baseball players more than anyone else are creatures of habit. Yeah. They want to know, you know, what, hey, what time do I start working out? How does it work? Travel schedule has everything. And where am I going to spring training? Where am I going to spring training? It's huge. Am I going to Arizona? Am I going to Florida? Yeah. What, what, what am I doing? You're right. And if you're a, a pitcher like Darvish or Arietta, you're going, yeah. I'm reporting before everybody else. I don't know what uniform I'm wearing. Where am I going? It's two weeks. Yeah. I'm starting to freak out. Yeah. I'm, I am. I'm freaking out. How can you not? Uh, your boy Kenley Jansen thinks that the players should strike. I, I don't think there's any reason to strike. I don't no. think this is collusion at all. I think it's finally owners are doing what we've talked about. They're, they've determined we're going to start spending smart money. The yes. Albert Pujols contract, the Josh Hamilton contracts, of, the, of Joe Maurer contracts, those days are done. Yep. Man, we're not going to be buried for you on your – five, six, and seven of these contracts anymore. This is the offer. Take it or leave it. That's the way it has to be. I mean, I couldn't agree yeah. more. And also, we know the finances change next year, and everyone else knows that too. It's not like it's the same game yeah. in 2018 that it is in 2019. It, it is. It's smart money. Look, this pool hole steals a mess. We kind of yep. knew it was going to be a mess, but didn't think it was going to be this bad. Ten-year contracts have to be done. You can't have a guy under contract at 38, 39, 40 years old and say that's going to make sense for us. Even the C.J. Wilson contract oh, with Angels. Awful. Killed him. Josh Hamilton contract killed the Angels. Awful. It's been bad for a long time. J.D. Martinez had a fantastic year last year for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. But remember, in 2014, he was released by the Houston Astros. Well, that's it. I mean, look at Chase Sedley, right? Yeah. Chase Sedley, a guy in 2012, was great. And who's he? Who's Jake Arrieta? Because I, w I was saying to this buddy of mine in baseball tonight, when you go back to 2016, Arrieta could not be touched. Yep. You look at 2017, area could be touched. Look at area before that. In look Baltimore. at him with the Baltimore. He was a 500 pitcher below 500. He, he, if anyone yeah. was going to be accused of something's different with this guy and maybe we need to start testing him, it was Jake Arrieta by far. Yeah. That's why um, we were we were talking tonight about uh, Mitch Moreland. Yeah. And the contract that the Red Sox gave Moreland. Now, when you look at Moreland, you go, well, the guy hits 240. Yeah. You would think at Fenway, your average could be a little better than 240. 
but he's 25 bombs and 24 doubles and 79 RBIs. Yep. And you go, I got a two-year deal for $13 million. I I just, I thought the Jensen comment was ignorant. I go, dude, you're not. You're no. wrong. This isn't what happened to Rock Reigns back when we were all kids. When, when Tim Reigns, when it was clear collusion that they were not going to sign Tim Reigns and others, then, then the owners deserve to be punished. Yeah. I think now, Dave, when you look at it, and you said, well, Houston and the Cubs have written the blueprint. When I watched MLB Network the other day, and they did the top 100 prospects, and they come on and they say, okay, look, from 100 to uh, 51 are going to be on a scroll down below. And I'm watching that scroll, and I go, geez, there's not one Padre player on that scroll. You go, whoa. And the first name they say at number 50 is Adrian Morion. And then from 50 to, to number one, there are seven Padres in there. For me, as a guy who's been a fan of that team since I was 13, that show by itself excited me more to be a Padre baseball than any, uh, I mean, a lot more than Will Middlebrooks yeah. did a few years ago, <laughs> right? Or, or Melvin yes. Upton or James Shields where you go, okay, good. Because you said these guys are not going to be a two-year fix. They could be a eight- or ten-year fix. And that's what you want. That's absolutely what, what you want, which is very, very exciting. Speaking of that, i got a trade for you. You tell me yes or no, okay? I've been thinking about this. You tell me if, if, if I'm nuts. All I right? feel better that they said on Tatis after watching that, too. Did you feel better? Where did they have Tatis, Major League Baseball? Nine. They had him at nine? There was nine. one that was maybe it was MLB.com that they had him, I believe, late 20s. Oh, yeah. No, they, okay, had, they, had, they, they had him nine. They, they love that. Padre farm system. Okay, well, here you go. Because in my, my trade scenario, we're trading Tatis, okay? All right. Here we go. Here's who we're sending from the Padres. Okay. Okay. We're sending Austin Hedges. Okay. We're sending Fernando Tatis. Okay. We're sending uh, Carlos Asuaje. Whoa. Okay, we're sending those three guys. Uh, Hedges is 25. Tatis is, is a kid. 19. Asuaje is uh, 26, okay? We're going to make a trade with the Marlins, assuming that they will still trade with us. And we're going to go for catcher. JT Realmuto. I like that kid. Okay, 26 years old, 278, 17, 165 RBIs last year in a non-hitters ballpark. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to take in Starlin Castro, who's only 27 years old, hit 316 home runs, 63 RBIs. We're going to get a second baseman, and we're going to get a real catcher, a real fielding catcher, and a real hitting catcher at the same time. A kid. They're both they're both young, mid 20s, haven't yeah. hit their prime, which is 28 to 32. And I'm making a trade right there. No, I'm not. I'm not making that trade because I do feel like I feel like you're getting guys at 26 and 27 right now. I don't think you need those guys. I, I think I think you look at Tatis at 19. He fits the bill much more for what this team needs long term than the two guys you, you talked about. I don't need Castro right now because I got Urias, who they said the other day. They said absolutely Urias is going to win batting titles in the National uh, Here's my point with Castro. You're going to flip him this summer. You're going to flip Castro this summer when someone's going to need him. Someone's going to need a middle infielder this summer. You're going to flip him. You're going to get something else. Back. I would do. Uh, I I would do a Suave and Hedges in that deal. I wouldn't put Tatiste in that deal though. I, I could probably get around it. Um, I think you could get Castro and get around it, but I don't know if you're going to get the catcher. You know. Yeah, but I think you've got catchers coming up too in the farm system. But See, this, that, but this guy's not only is he proven. This oh, guy's yeah, an all-star guy. I mean, it's hard to find all-star catchers. This guy's a stud. I think, Dave, that's the other thing that you take away from from what's happening with Padre baseball. And last week, I was all in on Yelich. 
And, and I still, I like that. Now, the one thing where I was wrong on Yelich when we sat with the guys that kept faith was I felt like I thought his contract was seven a year. It averaged out to be seven. Yeah. Yelich becomes really quickly, I think in the next two or three years, of, uh, or I'm sorry, maybe as early, not 18, but I think 19, he becomes a 14 and then a $15 million guy and then another $15 million That's guy. still nothing. It's still nothing, but it's a lot different than yeah. him being a $7 but million But anything guy. under $22 million for a star is I, nothing. I got it. But I'm just saying that when you look at the math, when you thought that he was a $7 million guy, when you're looking at a team, he's still a stud. Um, and I love the guy. Silver slugger, gold glove, legit stud. But... I said last week seven million a year. It's not. He's a fifteen million dollar guy, and that's that's good. That's probably at this stage of his career where he should be. Um, I think we just ride it out. I, and now here's the thing that's going to be different. Okay. I believe just from what I believe. I believe that you finally are developing a farm system. Where if uh, if Austin Hedges isn't the guy, if Hunter Renfro isn't the guy, th- there's going to be guys coming up behind him to push him out. And I can't ever remember that because it was Chase Headley's the guy and then, well, Chase Headley's the guy. Yeah. So he better be a stud. Now it feels like, well, if if Rondon or Aswahe or Tatis, well, here comes Urias and others. If Quantrill can't go, here comes Mackenzie Gore. It just feels like what we've always wanted and always dreamed about, prospects coming in waves may finally be upon us, and I don't feel like there's a need to move those two guys. You're not going to be a playoff team this year. No, you aren't going to be a playoff team this year. How many of these prospects that you see, what, what, do, they, what do they have, six in the top 50? They had seven. Seven in the top 50. Out of those seven, how, would you, how many do you expect as a Padre fan today to go, they'll be wearing that Padre uniform at the major league level and be a, a regular player. Um, I think. Uh, well, I think at least three. Three, I agree with but, you. I think three is the and three is not a bad number. No, it'd be great. Yeah. I think t- I think you're pretty safe with Tatis. I think you're pretty safe with, with Mackenzie uh, Gore. <clears throat> yeah, and Urias. Boy, they they love Mackenzie yeah. Gore. Yeah, absolutely. But they, remember, he was just drafted last summer. I mean, a year ago right now, he was getting ready for a senior yeah. season in high school. Yeah, they, they were talking about uh, with Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis if they had redone that draft. And they said he he's – I mean, they said he's got like yeah. Kershaw-like stuff. It would be interesting to see what the Marlins do. We, I know we, we talked about the Marlins because everyone knows this is a fire sale and you kind of say, okay, mm-hmm. what can we do? I don't know if the Marlins are even making a trade with the Padres ever yeah. again. I mean, who knows how that? As long as Prellers are, who, yeah. kno- who knows what's going on in their in their front office? I thought Dan Levitard had a great line last week when he said, "You got to trade Darlin Castro as fast as you can. You can't have a guy with the name Castro in Miami. You aren't selling any damn <laughs> jerseys. You, you got to get the guy out of here. People aren't going to be line. happy seeing Castro on that jersey." No, I I think finally, I, I think what Preller preached is paying off. Yeah. And I think it's fine. But here, here's my question to all of you guys that listen to this. What if you went to work tomorrow at Macy's, okay? You guys work at Macy's tomorrow, and you're selling shoes or suits or whatever you're doing, and you hear a couple of people, and they're like, you know what, let me tell you something. This guy over here, Bill, selling suits, he's okay. But, man, the guy who's going to be here next year is insane. You're like, what? What's happening? <laughs> or what if they just said, you know what we do? 
Okay, we need a guy to be a night manager at T.O. Leo's. Let's yeah. get Dave for a year. We get Dave for a year because Judson Richards is 20. He can't manage the bar, but as soon as Judson's 21, get Dave out of here. Right? We'll trade him off to confetti. We'll get him out. And Dave's like, what? What happened here? I, I just wonder... If you're one of these guys on this team right now, if you're Freddie Galvis, uh, Headley, well, he knows the situation. That's exactly what's going to those two guys. I know, but what do yeah. you think that's like? I, I mean, I'm trying to think of I guys. I think your mindset has to be, I need to prove myself to the other 29 teams in the short time that I'm here Most, that I can still play. Sure. Because my future in 2019 probably won't be in a Padre uniform. I wonder if there's anybody on that team that, that feels like they're on the bubble. Meaning, Hedges... Margot, Renfro have to feel like they're part of the future. Clayton Richard and Chase Headley know that they're yes. no part of the future, right. right? Who are the guys? Brad Hand, I think, has to feel like he can be part of the future. He, he could be. Well, he, Brad Hand's in a great situation because if he's not part of the future with the Padres, he's going to go to a winner. He's going to he's going to be in the playoffs next year if he's not with the Padres. Uh, to me, I feel like the same way I felt with feel with him and it's a crazy comparison, but just hang with me, is the way I felt like when when he had Trevor. Where you go, you got a young guy that's effective, that does the job, and yep. he's really good. Just leave him and let the guy be the guy for 10 years. Why are we? Why why do we have such a strong desire to move him out of town? I'm with you on that 100%. If, if he was never mentioned in trade talks a year ago, that's exactly what we'd be saying now. Yeah. We don't have to worry about the closer because we have Brad Hand. We'd be yeah. fine with that. Yeah. But because he was on the block last year, we all think that he's looking to deal him any chance he gets. That makes it insane to yeah. me. That that to me, I you just, got a piece of the puzzle. Why would you get rid of it? You have a legit hammer yeah. at the back end of your bullpen, and if he and if he comes out this year and he looks like the guy the Marlins put on waivers, all right. You don't you don't you even signed him. I'm shocked they haven't given him a four year, hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> but but I don't get the desire to yeah. move him out. I feel like Dave, as you start. Putting the pieces together, I, I feel pretty good with that piece. Yeah. May not be that he's the guy, but when I'm reading Keith Law and his idiotic comments about Trevor and, and how the the lack of need for a closer, you're like, dude, stop. Look at the money that has been spent over the last couple of years, what the Giants have done, what the Dodgers have done, what all these different teams, legit playoff teams, what the Cubs have done, what the Rockies have done to improve their bullpen. There's a reason why yep. they're doing that. And and I don't know why the Padre fans take the bait for Keith Law. Keith Law is a dope. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I, I couldn't agree more. When you look at Kenley Jansen a year ago, remember he was a free agent. He was looking around different teams. My feeling was if Kenley Jansen say to the Dodgers, I'm done with you guys, and I go to the Nationals, I yeah. think the Nationals are the team you saw in the World Series instead. I think Might Kenley be. Jansen was that important Stud. to it. We saw a Melanson disaster on day one for the Giants, yeah. and it was a disaster the whole year. It, it was it was such a train wreck not having that closer. The funniest thing about the Padres, when you look at their almost 50-year history, they've always had big-time closers. Yeah, I mean, there aren't too many teams in Major League Baseball that have the history of guys that became even Hall of Famers, a Raleigh Fingers, a Goose Gossage, a Trevor Hoffman, that you see these guys. Mark Davis, like, yeah, one of Cy Young. Yeah, one of Cy Young. It seemed like we never hurt to see a big-time closer in a Padre uniform. They they got it. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, yeah. Heath Bell was great when he did it. Kimbrell has gone on to be great, too. Yeah, in, in, her, in his short time. But uh, Fernando Rodney was pretty yeah. damn good when he was here. Um, all guys that were effective. Now, 
maybe that proves Keith Law's uh, Keith Law's point, but I don't I don't believe so. I don't. I, I just I, think I don't either. Bring it back to Brad Hand, Dave. I, I just look at it and I go, as you you have so many confusing things right now, where you have no idea if Will Myers can or can't be the face of this future. I'm like, just just let Brad Hand close and let's try to put out a different fire because we have plenty of them. I'm with you. I, I am. I mean, again, if you're spinning plates, you don't have to worry about that one. That but one's going to keep spinning. I don't worry about Hosmer, but yeah. I, uh, the way it started was if you are going home every night and you're Arietta or, or Darvish or any of the rest and you're two weeks out right now, don't you think you're calling your agent going, listen, man, I have a, uh, you work for me. Let me remind you, you work for me. It depends who your agent is. I think, again, if it's anybody but Scott Boris, I think you're doing that. Yeah. But But Scott Boris never loses. But, well, okay, you say that. But have I lost if I take a $100 million deal over a $110 million deal where I have to uproot my family and I'm I'm dealing with this bullshit for another two weeks? If you were a major league player, would it matter to you what part of the country you're in? Would it matter... Would it matter to you what spring training you go to? Like Florida I'd spring much training, be in Phoenix. Yeah, me too. Florida spring training sucks. Every game is two hours away. Yeah, in Arizona, every game is like at the most twenty minutes away. Yeah, yeah. I I think it does, man. If I'm a pitcher, I don't know that I want to be in the heat and humidity of Texas or Minnesota yeah. or any of those. Look situations. at Darvish has no desire to go to Milwaukee, and there's an offer on the table from Milwaukee. Yeah. I think it's big, man. I, I think a lot of it comes into play. I think if I had the opportunity, I'll tell you this. If I was a free agent, all things being equal, and it's sacrilegious to say, I'd go play for the Giants. I would go play for the Giants if I could because it's a championship organization yeah. that's going to make moves. They have no farm system. So yep. I don't have any fear of some kid coming up and replacing me. Their farm system sucks. Bochi's a Hall of Fame manager. It's an incredible place to play. It's a great atmosphere. There's really no media pressure up there. I That, to me, would be the ideal situation. Now, talk to me in three years, and I, I think San Diego becomes that. I think it's, you get Petco Park. You've got a bunch of young talent. You have a deep farm system, uh, incredible place to play. Hopefully Andy's the manager or somebody has, has got this team going. You've got ownership that's committed. Damn, it could be San Diego. But right now I'd probably go San Francisco. I'd go San Francisco over Boston or New York or the Marlins or any of that other garbage. I can understand why some of these guys pick teams like the Cardinals or pick a, a team like the Cubs, especially they have money, uh-huh. because travel-wise. You know, the, your, your flights, you're right in the middle of the country, basically. You aren't sure. doing those big five-hour flights. You know, it, it, yeah. the, the travel that wear and tear sucks to get on beat you. Up. Seattle sucks, and everyone forgets about you in Seattle. But, like, a, even a guy like J.D. Martinez. To me, J.D. Martinez would have been a perfect guy for the Giants because he proved he can dominate the National League West. Yeah. They need big bats. I was kind of surprised that they gutted their system a little bit over whatever they had left for, for McCutcheon. Yeah. You know, to say, are you going to go after Longoria. a guy that— yeah, Longoria, when you could have had J.D. Martinez and just paid it and didn't kill your your franchise, basically. Yeah, um, I love seeing a game in St. Louis. That was really fun. But I didn't see a game when it was 108 yeah. degrees at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and the humidity through the roof, and you're just freaking dying yeah. out there. No, man, I, I would. But I also think, too, 
that I would want to know what I'm telling my family. Because to me, I'm, I'm going to fit in fine. I know that wherever I go, I'm going to fit in. But if you are a parent, you are going to be concerned about your kids. And I, 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 is it worth an extra $20 million for me to be away? I know I'm already away from my kids half the time. But if we're staying in Kansas City, yeah. at least on off days and during the day on game days, I'm still with my kids. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, my kids are, in my situation, they're in fifth grade. So I, I go away to Kansas City. I'm gone for six months. What, why? Yeah. What have I done here? And all of that goes, uh, see, that I would be like, look, here's what we're doing. I don't, I don't mind if I leave $15 million on the table. I really don't because I'd rather leave $15 million on the table and have the stability in my house and the comfort and the security of knowing what we're doing so I can plan and be done with it, man. That would be it for me. I don't need every last nickel. I don't need to put yeah. the foot on the throat. And maybe that $15 million could be turned around. They could move you out, and I could get Darren in here. I could get Carl DeMaio in here, Ted Garcia. Angry Carl? Fucking. Um, I could get a bunch of guys in here. You know, it is It is. Clint funny. August Clint would August. be great for the middle of the lineup. Especially since, you know, baseball happens during the summer for, for a good part of the season. I was, I was asking uh, Aaron Boone this question because he lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. His family's in San Diego. And I said, now that you have the job with the Yankees, is your family going to go to New York with you? Or are you going to leave them in Scott? His four young kids like you. Yeah. So you're going to leave your kids through the school year in Scottsdale where they're comfortable and then fly them to New York for the summer. And then when school starts up again in September or whatever, you're going to go back to to Scottsdale goes, well, we haven't decided. I mean, that's a whole whole issue you have to Man. talk about as a family on what you're going to do and how things uh, move a little bit. But, yeah, it, it is interesting, man, for pro athletes, especially baseball players, on how this works out for it. But, yeah, if I was a pitcher, especially when they're saying, yeah, you know what, spring training starts around Valentine's Day, yeah. just around the corner, you better get your shit together. Yeah, a few years ago I had the opportunity. Dave remembers this. I was going to go on the road be the personal DJ for Christy Canyon. I remember that. But I was like, look, I'm excited to see the road with you. Yeah. But if I'm gone at every main attraction or Dan's Dirty Dames. <laughs> That's too damn funny. By the way. Across I, I, the country. Oh, God. I'm going to forget come this. Come on, smell like vanilla. <laughs> Glitter all over you, fall in your eyes. <laughs> Jesus. I keep getting all these goddamn flashlights in the mail. <laughs> Dad, what is this? This doesn't look like that Chase Headley model glove. Put that away. Put that away. Right, I heard an interesting story yesterday because I haven't heard this one, but I all ran right. into, I'm dropping names all over the place. I ran into David Gonzalez yesterday. Oh. Adrian's older brother. Yeah. Okay. And I, we, I asked him, I said, I was disappointed that the Padres didn't try to make a move and bring Adrian back. Yeah. And, he really didn't comment on on sharing the information. What's he on. holding back for? I think basically there's not just kind of like what you said a little bit. There's kind of uh, not somebody a feel, doesn't like him. Yeah, in that there, organization. well, there's not a feel good on either side. It sounds like, and maybe because one side told the other side, "Hey, I'm not interested," or either the Padres said, "I'm not interested," and he said, "I'm not interested." I'm back. Either way, there's not a good relationship between Adrian mm-hmm. Gonzalez and the Padres. But Adrian goes to the New York Mets. If things don't work out in spring training with the New York Mets, and the Mets have said we're going to let you go. In his contract, he has to come back to the Dodgers 
Okay, even though he was traded to the Braves, the whole Matt Kemp deal, remember? Uh-huh. He comes back to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have to give him spring training at bats where he has to be able to prove himself, have the opportunity to prove himself to other major league teams or the Dodgers that he oh, can still do God. it. Can you imagine Just that? Just walk away at that point. They, <laughs> they, Just seriously, have a little professional it, it, pride and walk away. Can you imagine if that happens, if the Mets two weeks in say, we'll see you later, and now all of a sudden he ends up with the Dodgers in spring training, and I the Dodgers it. have to put him in that clubhouse in that uniform, and he has to go through the whole – Bullshit thing. Where Just retire at that point. Oh, my gosh. You've been, a, you've been an unbelievable player. You really have. You've been an unbelievable player. Why tarnish your, your legacy? It's kind of wild, though, isn't that? I've, yeah, I've never heard I mean, of anything Jerry, like it. You're Jerry, Jerry Rice playing yeah. for Seattle. And by the way, Jerry Rice is ready to come back know, for the Raiders. How about that? <laughs> for your, uh, they're going to say goodbye to Michael Crabtree, and Jerry Rice says, what does he have, like 80 catches left in him? Yeah. At 55 years old? Yeah. Um, I, I would hate to see Adrian do that. Yeah. I just think that I'm sure he doesn't want to do it either. Then, but it's if interesting. the Mets, if you can't make the Mets team, then that's yeah. a sign to you that it's time to go. Yeah, for for five hundred thousand or whatever yeah. it would be for the Mets, then I, I think, think it's, it's four hundred, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it, four sixty eight or yeah. whatever the minimum. It is. Then you got to walk else. away. Oh my gosh! Anyway, I've never heard of that before in my life until he said that to me yesterday. Um. So there's that. Okay. How about this? Our friend Sean Walchev at Kelly Comfort. Yeah was approached by the WWE to first time. You know, the WWE has never really had an event at a sports bar. Think about all championship fights that you've gone and watched on pay-per-view, yep. right? UFC used to be really big. Boy, they've hit the they've hit the the wall as far as pay-per-view events go and the ability to be in a sports bar. So Sean reached out to me and said, hey why don't you bring your kids by? We're going to have the Royal Rumble at Cali Comfort. Oh, that'll be fun. We go out there. Dave, it was freaking packed. That amazes me. Packed. Yeah. The crowd was into it. Sean told me at one point last night they had a 45-minute wait to get in the door. Wow. And I said, what's it like on normal Sunday? He goes, oh, you can get in. He goes, it's not like Charger Broncos. They are chanting. They're doing all the chants for the guys like they're there at the match. Our main man from right down here in Eastlake, Ray Mysterio, showed up yeah. for the Royal Rumble. In Cali Comfort, you have a hundred people yeah. chanting 619, 619, 619. Dave, it was like I it was the craziest that atmosphere. Is crazy shit to me. And people were having a blast. Yeah. And it was great and Families were in there. My one son was a little under the weather, but me and my son, Jack, went. We laughed the whole night. We just had a great time. We hung out. I, I, I've i never seen anything like yeah. it. And I think it shows that Vin, the show went way too long. It was, I swear, by the end, it felt like we were there for four hours. <laughs> like, legitimately, yeah. four hours. But the, the, the story writing that Vince McMahon does between hero and bad guy and everything else. It, this was the highlight of the night to me. I, I used to know all the names, and and now I don't. So at the start, there's one guy who's champion. Yeah. AJ Styles. He's the champion. He's fighting two guys. It's two against one. The one guy is Kevin is it Owens. supposed to be two against one? Yes. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> okay. Okay? The one guy of the two is a guy named Kevin Owens. Yeah. I know him because... My sons and I saw him at Valley View two years okay. ago. And then there's another ginger 
So it's Kevin Owens and the Ginger against AJ Styles. And these guys are doing all the com- – it's like the Globetrotters. Yeah. They all do their comedy bits, the whole thing. But now after about five minutes, the two guys just start kicking the stuffing out of AJ Styles, okay? They're punching, elbow, drop him on his head. They go for the pin. It's one, two, and he kicks out. And there's a guy at the table to my right at Cali Comfort who yells across the bar, how did he kick out of that? Jesus Christ. And I looked at Jack, my son, and I go, he kicked out of it because the script told him to kick out of it. <laughs> and we laughed and laughed and laughed. Dave, I saw three guys walking around with championship belts on. Yeah. They had the big, yeah. full belt. It Where do you even the, get those? Can you order those online or something? I'm guessing yeah. on the WWE website. Holy shit. But I mentioned all of this because there was such a passion. People were so into it. Yeah. That it, it, I think Vince McMahon. How many people in that room thought it was real? Oh. It's real to me, damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I didn't see that guy there. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. I mean, because you already pointed out one guy that definitely thought it was real. Yeah. He he couldn't figure out yeah. how, how AJ Styles kicked out of it. Yeah. But look, man, people are spending money and eating dinner and having beers at, at Cali Comfort and having a great yeah. time. Everybody laughing and getting a kick out of it. It was insane. It blew away a lot of UFC fight events that I've been in. At That's that amazing place. to me. It blew away a lot of boxing events because people... When we went to pay-per-view fights, Canelo and Triple G, people are casually watching the undercard and then waiting for the main event. People were watching everything because they knew all the people. They knew the storylines. They know who was good and bad. In this Royal Rumble, they got 30 people, like an old-style battle royal. But they start with two people, and then every two minutes, somebody else comes in. You don't know who it's going to be. They were freaking out as every new person came running down the thing. I bring it up because Vince McMahon announced last week that the XFL is coming back. And everybody snickered. Boy, if you paid attention to that press conference, you heard a couple of different things. I think the 2020 XFL is going to be a lot different than the old XFL. Yeah. There will be no crossover. There will be no Jesse the Body Ventura or The Rock or no Vince McMahon or no cheerleaders or anything else. He looked to me like a guy at his advanced stage who took $100 million of his money. Yeah. Not WWE money, his personal money to put into this. I, I think this is pretty interesting to watch. I don't know if I'm the NFL, if I'm nervous about it, but I think if you're going to dismiss it and think it's just he hate me all over again, I, I, don't, I don't think he paid attention. I think you need to watch what this guy does and his ability to connect with his fans and he's obviously been thinking about this for a long time. I'm fascinated. And if it comes here, I think it'd be great. Here's the two things that I liked what he said. One was no halftime. We're just going to play straight through. Yeah. All right. No halftime at all. The other thing is the games will be over in two hours. Two hours. Two hours. Because right now when you watch an NFL game, you sit there and go, man, I'm in good enough shape to play an NFL game. There's so yeah. much fucking stoppage. Ugh. You're like, this is ridiculous. Especially you if we're in the stadium. show last night went four. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. That's what surprised me. That surprised me a little bit. I wonder if, if he, because the guy's obviously extremely wealthy. He could die tomorrow and he dies a very wealthy guy, very famous guy. And people would say a successful businessman. Yeah. If it's one of those, if this is the one black mark on his record where he goes, you know what? I'm going to try and make this right. Kind of like yeah. you always hear about Nick Saban. If he would go to the NFL and try and get that bad taste mm-hmm. out of his mouth. Is it the one thing that he says, this would clear me 
of my one bad business deal that people talk about. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And it, it was a bit of a joke, too. I mean, like, I think he can take... Does it turn into a farm system for the NFL? I don't know. Because, I mean, you're talking about paying major players to say you can give up your dream of playing in the NFL. I, I don't know, but, but all of a sudden, look, but the other thing that I think he did immediately was squash any chance of a Colin Kaepernick coming in. When you come in, it's like, look, man, if you have a DUI, you're out. If you're a guy that's not going to stand for the anthem, you're out. We're going to make a very fan-friendly league. You're saying we, we pay attention to what the fans hate. Fans hate stuff like that. They do. So we're not going to do it. It's the Ari Siegel theory. If 85% of the world wants me to be the Gulls, yeah. I'm going to be the Gulls. If 85% of the people buying tickets to the XFL tell me, I want these guys standing up, I don't really care what they believe in. When I'm out there buying tickets, you're going to stand up. Yeah. You're an employee of mine. My employees are, are going to stand, and if you don't, then you can hope that uh, you can go play in, yeah. in London. Well, I think we've seen a lot over the last year, especially. I mean, something you and I have known in radio for years is you don't bring politics into what you do because what happens is you're going to piss off half your audience. And, <laughs> yeah. and you've seen it in the NFL. You saw it at the Grammys last night. Mm -hmm. You're going to offend people. And if you can do what you do that makes, makes you successful, people are going to be fine with it. But as soon as you start to offend them by saying your beliefs are dumb, then they, they get offended. And I, speaking of that, I had no problem with anyone that ever grabs a mic and and will will state their case because it's their one opportunity if they have fu money or don't give a shit where their career is at this point. Yeah. But it's uh, it, it is interesting. The NFL. Roger Goodell says I gave these guys a chance to have a voice and I got killed for it. You know, yeah. I, I, if I mandated it to say everybody's going to stand no matter what for the anthem or you don't play then uh, we probably would have been better off as a league. But I try to give the players a chance to show I care about you as players. There's always a chain of command. Unless you are Vince McMahon, there is a chain of command. It used to make me laugh when people would always say to us or other shows, oh, I tell you what, if I had that show on 1090, here's what I would do. I would come on and be like, you know what, Padres? You know what, you fucking guys, you suck. And be like, you know what? You'd be done. You'd be Jordan and Earl. You, you would have your chance. It, my friend Ken yeah. Kramer said this one time. It, it's a town hall meeting where, where we just happen to have the microphone. But we would give you that chance. And Ken Kramer described a caller on his show this way. He said, because this guy came on and tried to make some point and then like giggled and fell off the air. <laughs> and Ken said so succinctly, he said, you know what happened right there? He said, we determined that we were going to give Alan the microphone. So Alan walked up in front of the room to the microphone. He giggled. He wet himself. And then we proceeded to walk him back to his chair. And I go, it's, he nailed it perfectly. Yeah. What Jordan and Earl did was they were given the opportunity to walk to the microphone. So for all you guys that think you're going to come in and this is all you're going to do, no, you're not. You're not going to do anything. Because when you go into that radio studio, it is a job, and there are people that have major money invested in what you're saying. You're not doing a podcast. You're doing a, an actual radio yeah. show, okay? And, and half of you are so boring on Twitter and 140 characters. I don't know how you figure you could fill three hours of, of airtime on a daily basis. Not a chance. Not a freaking chance. 
But what happened with those two dudes was yeah. for whatever, and, and I love Jordan. I think Jordan's hysterical. I, we haven't seen him for a long time, but every time we ran into him. He's a guy I'm still friends with on Facebook. Good dude, man. Really good dude. And, and But he came into our dojo. Yeah. You don't go on the air for anybody. You're not going to go on the air <clears throat> Padres Radio. Yeah. You're not going to go on to Padres Radio and start talking about Preller, Fowler, Seidler. You're not going to do that. No, ask even Hacksaw. Showed him the door. He got fired for a it. Perfect example, Dave. Perfect example. Was in a working relationship. It is a business relationship. That's why Dave and I had no problem working with the Chargers. The Chargers knew. Bill Johnston knew that we weren't Charger fans. But we didn't do anything to embarrass our employer. We didn't do anything to embarrass the team. Mike's a Raider fan. Steve worked for the Raiders. Mike and Steve don't do anything that's going to embarrass uh, iHeartMedia or embarrass the Aztecs or anybody else. Yeah. That's how it works. You are in a business working relationship. Yeah. So for all of you keyboard with your big keyboard muscles, sit down. <laughs> sit down. You're not going anywhere. How come they haven't called? If you're that good... How come your demo tape has not been sent out? How come nobody calls? How come nobody says, hey, you know what? Come on down. Let's talk to you. You're really fascinating. My God, you're good. I have been following you on Twitter, and I can't control my laughter. You have such a unique, edgy take at CubsFan914. Like, what? Nobody cares. You have 30 people following you, and 25 of them are Russian bots. They're stealing your goddamn pin code. Yeah. <laughs> All these people are so dumb. Before you get away from uh, wrestling, Ronda Rousey announces yes. that she, she's joining. What do you think? Uh, good for her. Good for her. It's the move, right? No one yeah. wants to see her fight anymore. No. You know what? You and I had her in studio at uh, 1090. And my buddies that ran Clinch Gear dealt with her. Always professional, always great to deal with, um, a, a pleasure. Yeah. She's a good person. By the time she fought Holly Holm, she had been run into the ground by the UFC promotional train. They had just mentally drained her. We could see it because the way she acted out at that weigh-in against Holly Holm, who's, who's as low-key as anybody... You, she just was on the verge of breaking down. Um, yeah, I think she's going to have fun. I think she's going to have fun. I think she's going to make money. I think she'll get a kick out of it. I think it's fantastic timing for the WWE, who has their TV contract yeah. coming up. She's a mainstream star. She will fit that role. She can be, I think she could play the role of, of good guy, bad guy, good girl, bad girl. Um She's charismatic. She's been a wrestling fan forever. She, she said she stole most of her stuff. She said from Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yeah. And funny. they had a friendship because they had a mutual friend. Uh, Judo Gene LaBelle is this guy who's just a legend in Hollywood. Former wrestler and stuntman who I, I'm telling you at about 80 years old right now would, would break you and me in half together at the same time. And Gene LaBelle was tight with Roddy Piper from their days, early days at the Olympic. Yeah. And he's... He's very tight. He's a judo guy like Rhonda is. I think she's great. I really do, man. I, I, I hope if you are 
like a mother or a daughter. You know what happens in sports? You win and you lose. That's what happens. When you are a world-class athlete like Ronda was, Holly Holmes a world-class athlete. Amanda Nunez a world-class athlete. So there's no shame in that. Yeah. Um, I, I think she's incredible. Gina Carano lost. These are all people that if, if I had a daughter, I would say, look at how Ronda Rousey conducted herself. She she went through it. She got beat, and now she's back. She's a good person, man. I, I What you may see on TV gives you the opportunity to, to draw a conclusion. That's fine. I'm just saying people that dealt with her behind closed doors um, are thrilled for her. Yeah, good they, for her. They say she is... Yeah, I mean, Misha Tate was a pain in the ass to deal with. <laughs> um, I mean, there's plenty of people that you look at and you go, they're a complete pain. Like, I don't get the why people have an issue with Weddle. Right? I'm watching Weddle over the Pro Bowl, just having a blast. It's so stupid. It is stupid. And it's a bad, you can say whatever you want about Weddle. It was a bad move that the Chargers got rid of him. The guy's yeah. still a Pro Bowler. Yeah. He's still rated by a pro football focus as the best safety in the league since he left the Chargers. I, I just say, how do they deal with people? Drew Brees is as good a dude yep. as it gets. God, that video of Drew Brees and his kids on the sideline. I couldn't breathe. I was dying. It, that's exactly my son. Yeah. Uh, a lady at my job today, we have a game room. So we have bubble hockey. We have ping pong. We've got um, cornhole. Marketing lady comes in she goes hey how you boys doing i got it dumb <laughs> she goes yeah she goes i they they'd been up at the office like three weeks ago she goes yeah i was watching they were playing cornhole for a little bit and then next thing you know the one guy just wheels back and chucks it as brother <laughs> drills him in the head i go just tell him <laughs> tell him knock it off they go they hear it every day and i go i always tell him if yeah. one of my friends sees you and they tell you, knock it off. Yeah. You better assume that's coming from me. Cause I'm gonna hear about it and then you're gonna be dealing with me. <laughs> but uh like that Drew Brees clip just cracked me up. It was great. It freaking was great. I, I didn't I watch that. a second of the program. I never had a brother, but I always think that's so cool when you see that stuff. I always laugh when they show the Manning brothers. Yeah. When they show Cooper and and, and Peyton especially. And how many times does Cooper grab Peyton and Peyton starts crying and goes, My neck? <laughs> and then you find out, remember Peyton's whole career almost ended because of his damn neck. Yeah. And damn you, Cooper. You know? Uh, I'll tell this is how, <laughs> this is the relationship that I have with my sons. So yesterday, the older one is fighting a stomach bug. So he stays home. Me and Jack go out, run a couple errands. So I go get gas. We're in line where the next car to go through the shell car wash because yep. i bought this car i'm like shit i'm gonna try to keep it clean till i run it off the road my phone buzzes it's my wife and she said hey Cade wants to know where you guys are so i said to jack all right well we gotta go he's like where are we going i go your brother loves this thing man he loves coming in here he goes what i go he's he's ready to go <laughs> i swing around i yeah. get him and he goes what's going on I go, I was the next car in the car wash, but because you get a kick out of all the colors and yeah. everything going on, I go, here we are. And I go, if we go back and there's eight cars in line, I'm going to punch you right in your <laughs> stomach and make you puke again. <laughs> but um, but that's, that's yeah, that's yeah. what the brother thing's all about. So we just went through the car wash, and I sold the Harley yesterday. Fantastic. I did better than, I did not get a 01 
F one fifty and a pack <laughs> five hundred bucks. <laughs> five hundred bucks. The thing's gone. I did feel like the guy who with the boat. Yeah. Well, they say the best day is the day you get it and the day you get rid of it. Yeah. It was kind of weird watching it go, and then 10 seconds later, I was like, Thank see it. I'm stoked for the guy who bought it. <laughs> yeah. The guy who bought it had it's never had... boat now. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, he came up from Spring Valley, and my wife was dying. She's like, oh, that guy's going to get a lot more out of it than you got the last eight months. And uh, he never owned a Harley. And cool. he's stoked, and he's going to take it back and put a little TLC in it be running the road. Nice. So keep an eye out for those guys, man. Absolutely. Uh, keep an eye out when you're on the freeway for these guys riding bikes. These two dudes were – I loved them. They, I was like, dude, you guys are great, and I was stoked to see it off it goes. Last thing I wanted to ask you sports-wise was the fight on Cinco de Mayo coming up. Yeah. All right, Triple G again against Canelo again. Uh-huh. For me, I love and I love boxing. I feel like I'm one of the last mm-hmm. guys still around. But I don't want to see this fight again. I don't care. I didn't think it was oh, that close. Oh, I think it would be great. I didn't think it was that close last time. I, Triple G looked like he could have gone another fi- 12 rounds right after that. He looked so so good. I, and that's the first time, honestly, that I've seen yeah. him fight someone that I thought was decent. And I was like, man, this guy is unbelievable. You know like, he never fight, gets tired. I'll tell you why this fight's going to be different, Dave. I, I think this fight's going to be different the second time around. Because I think what we're going to see is we're going to see two guys that come out much more aggressive than they were in the first one. I felt like in the first fight, both guys were a little tentative because they really didn't exchange until the mid-rounds. And once the mid-rounds came, they started to exchange, but there was still a little bit of waiting to pull the trigger. Um, And everybody had said, if you remember going into that fight, saying this is going to be Hagler-Hearns. And and we said a lot on the podcast, no, yeah, nothing will ever be Hagler-Hearns. That was great. Don't set your expectations that high. But I think right now, if I'm Canelo coming into this fight, I think if I'm Canelo, I look back at the first fight and I say two things. Number one, um, I think I'm better than I was that night. I wouldn't be surprised if Canelo's a little smaller. He seemed a little bulky that night, which I think eventually gassed him out. And I think right now, if I'm Canelo, I feel like I took the best Triple G had and he didn't take me out. He takes everybody out. I took it. So I think you're going to see Canelo go more on the gas pedal. I think if I'm Triple G, I'm looking at it going, Dave's right. I pretty much won that fight, and because Adelaide Bird's an idiot, um, I walked out of there with a draw, and I'm not that impressed by Canelo, and he's going to go on the gas pedal. I think when they get together on May 5th, I think you're going to see a lot less tentative action, Yeah, and I think you're just going to see more action from the get-go. Does it even go five rounds? Oh, that's a good question. Um that's a, the the issue is always with eyes and swelling and everything. Yeah, yeah, I I think it does. I I wouldn't be shocked if 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 there's a ref stoppage around the ninth or tenth uh, with Triple G getting a win. But I I, I think Canelo, uh, I think Canelo will do himself fine. But I I would say don't quit on that fight. Uh, a lot of times. Guys learn stuff in in a first fight where they say, "Well, second time around, I, I can be better." And he's yep. not that he he doesn't scare me. Guys, you don't want to go out and get clipped in the jaw and be like, uh, "Remember when McGregor fought Jose Aldo and those two guys hated each other?" Yeah. And Jose Aldo walked right into a straight left hand and was knocked out nine seconds into the fight. And you're like, "Well, that sucked." <laughs> I didn't drink water for five hours, and all of a sudden, or for 25 hours, I just got the shit beat out of me in in 14 seconds. Um, I think that fight will be great. Now, the question is, where does it go? Because Vegas wants it, but 
But the Garden's going to be a big player. Boy, that fight for Cinco de Mayo would be insane if they could get it in L.A. I just don't know. The Garden's or at the Forum. Yeah. Put it at the Forum, right? With the mariachis. Yeah. We'll put our sombreros on. We'll go up there. Why not? You, me, and Ernie Uma Martinez. <laughs> be great. But I, I would just say don't 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 quit on that fight. I think yeah. I think I think Canelo Triple G two will be the fight we remember much more than Canelo Triple G one. There you go. Hey, I want to mention our good friend Brian Curry. Brian Curry, you guys know he's the best in the business when it comes to real estate. Right now, as you realize that the holidays have passed, people are getting more involved in the market. You're seeing more houses go up for sale. You're seeing a lot of for rent signs go up. Brian Curry is your guy. If you're looking to change neighborhoods, talk to Brian Curry. He knows every single neighborhood in San Diego. He's been around for more than 20 years, and he's one of the best. So he's a guy that, that of course, is part of the show. You guys have done a great job supporting our advertisers. Brian Curry is your guy. you got to call him at 619-251-1588. Boy, I've had two people in my complex within a month go through the same thing where they were renters. Yeah. And the owners have told them, you need to be out. Yeah. And I think about all of you, are any of you in that same situation where you may be renting a townhome or a condo and you've been there? I've been there 10 years. The lady who just got kicked out, an older lady, she's been there 17 years. She doesn't know where to go. Wow. And now all of a sudden, because rents, you look at rents in San Diego, Insane. my buddy pays 1400 bucks for a one-bedroom apartment in Vista. If you have good credit... Stop paying somebody else's mortgage and start paying your own mortgage. The way you do it is a phone call to Brian Curry. You may be a this woman and her grown-up adult daughter. You may be the buddy of mine who lives right next door who's got a great job with his soon-to-be fiance. You both make good money. You want to move, they want to move to the North Park area. It starts with a phone call to Brian Curry and you go, look, man, I, I got to be out on May 1st. Yeah. I don't know where to go. All I've done is rent. What can you do for me? Call a guy like Brian. 619-251-1588. And, of course, when you get in your brand-new place, don't forget about the guys over at Barkley Landscape. And Ryan Barkley and his dad, Scott, doing great things for more than 35 years in San Diego. Free estimates. What else could you ask for? So many things you want to do as spring's just around the corner and you realize, hey, you know, the sun's setting a little bit later every single day. I want my yard to look great front and back. You name it, Barkley Landscape and the people to call. And Ryan's direct number is 619 619- Six six nine eight thousand. You know, one of the sad things that Ryan told me was he said he'd been working on Dave's yard. And a lot of times what you will see as you go is people may put like a uh, like a bird feeder. Yeah. A, a statue out in front. And some people may have the Venus de Milo, a beautiful piece of art. And when Dave said to Ryan, you know what I would like? I would like the Ron Jeremy uh, full on anatomy yeah. bird feeder. And Ryan said, you know what, Dave? I think I'll go ahead and make the decisions around here. And Dave said, okay, well, if you change your mind, I'd like to do that. <laughs> uh, know what you don't know. And by the way, my yeah. boy Barkley, I was saying last week, I'd been in the car accident. My neck, my neck, I still got whiplash yeah. out of this thing. My, my, my man Barkley hits me up. He goes, dude, I got a great chiropractor if you need it. That, that's what I'm talking about. Brian Curry's family to us. Ryan Barkley's family to us, they they have supported this podcast from day one, and I love what Brian Curry does, and I love what Ryan does, because when you follow him on Twitter at Papa Bark, Dave, I get the biggest kick out of seeing the pictures that Barkley Landscaping is doing for, for families. We don't know the families. Yes. 
But I think a lot of us now, because we know Ryan, don't you get a rush out of that when you look at it? Don't you get I a do. charge where you go, I don't know who this family is, but when you look at the before and the after picture of the difference and you go, man, that picture B is what I want to come home to every night. It starts with the phone call to Barkley Landscape. Absolutely. You name it. Retaining walls, erosion control, irrigation systems. I need systems. a retaining wall in this studio. You're wearing me out. <laughs> Ryan's number again, 619-669-8000. I'm going to build that wall, and I'm going to have Ernie Martinez pay for it. There we go. All right. Now, here's the deal. We've been talking about it for a while. Very excited as we welcome a brand new advertiser tonight to the show, and it's Happy Plumbing. Yes! Okay? Because here's the deal. You guys all know it. All of a sudden, you need a plumber when you least oh expect gosh. it. When you least expect oh. it. It's one of those where we just told you about, two that you have time to think about what's my next move. Guess what? When you have a plumbing emergency, it's now. I mean, it is right now, and you go, okay, what the hell am I going to do? Here's a number you need to keep in your phone. I'm going to give it to you. 619-433-4943. 619-433-4943. That's the number right there, Happy Plumbing. It's 24 hours, seven days a week. <sighs> They're ready to go. Guess what? They aren't going to kill you either if it's an emergency. It's going to be the same pricing. It's not going to be one of those where it's Christmas Eve and you have an emergency situation. Like I had a situation yeah. with a plumbing situation with uh, plumbers, and I had 50 people coming to the house, and I was freaking out because my yard was underwater, and all of a sudden I didn't know where the water was coming from. It was a disaster. Guess what? You you don't have to worry about it if you talk about the water heater. They know what to do with that. They know what to do upfront, flat rate pricing, never overtime charge, no travel charges, courteous, uniform professionals every single time and they're licensed and insured happy plumbing are the people that you need to talk to and the website is the easiest way to get them jeff it's happyplumbing.com here's here's why this means so much to me and I, i've talked about it on the podcast and why i'm thrilled that blake is here november the 5th which is coming up on three months i believe monday it'll be three months ago was my kid's 10th birthday i get a call from my neighbor you have a huge amount of water in front of your unit. I've got 40 people at a park. What am I supposed to do? I had a slab leak. I'm still dealing with it. I'm still trying to get this done. The thing, if I had Blake's number, I know for a fact it would have been done a long time ago. How about this? How many yep. of us have gone through garbage disposals that get jacked up? So what do I do? I just take the fork and start jamming it in there. <laughs> Don't do that. Go to happyplumbing.com. We have had um, a shot. We, we all go through it. All of us have. You have standing water in your shower. Yeah. You have standing water in the sink. The disposal, the, the toilet, the hot water heater is either scalding hot or you're freezing for an hour. Man, we are so thankful that Blake is here and he's part of the family. Happyplumbing.com. Just you, I, I trust me when I tell you, you feel like, oh, I don't need that number. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Write it down, put it on a sticky put note. Put it in your phone. I'm telling you right now, program it in your damn phone. It, it, Happy the plumbing. peace it's of easy. mind. Yeah, the peace of mind that comes. With knowing somebody that you can trust that will fix the problem, will be affordable, and fix it quick as I close in on day 90 of this project, as my garage continues to be torn up, Happy Plumbing is the place to go. There you go, 619-433-4943, 619-433-4943. Again, the easiest way to contact them is through the website, happyplumbing.com. Locally owned and operated company here in San Diego. Love we them, man. We're going to be more, more proud of that situation. Also, uh, two things I want to mention before we uh, we get on out. 
Uh, I mentioned Steven Gonzalez last yes. week. Okay, Steven he made Gonzalez. the list. Yeah, lefty pitcher from Cathedral High School. Yes. And I was ripping the Padres, and the guy fell in the third round because he's with the Minnesota Twins, by the yeah. way. Ryan and Jeff are Twins fans, so I hope he makes it. But I've watched this kid play since ninth grade. The guy's an outstanding talent. But I said he got in trouble when he was at Cathedral last week because when he was a player at Cathedral that he got in trouble for, for smoking pot with some of the other guys. I was told by a family the member. lettuce. <laughs> Is that right? The devil's lettuce. <laughs> Look at you. Is the fact that he got in trouble with the team because he wouldn't turn in his teammates. That's what I like. That was it. So I just want to set the record he straight. He was on the top prison. 100 prospect Of course list. he is. The guy's a real deal. Was Jake Reed on there, by the way? Jake Reed from Helix? Jake Reed's supposed to be a, a big-time bullpen guy, possibly closer for the Twins in the future. But Jake Reed's about 25 years old now. The guy went to Oregon out of Helix. The guy, I didn't see him. but Jake Reed was such a good baseball player. He was a quarterback at Helix, gave up football yeah. to uh, give up quarterback. He kicked for the Highlanders, and then he went to Oregon, was a great baseball player, went to the Twins. And you keep hearing Jake Reed's this close to making it to uh, the, the major league level. You didn't see him on the list, but you saw Steven Gonzalez on the list. But it's G-O-N-S-A-L-V-E-S, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was... Uh, Gonzalez was in the 70s. Okay. But part of the top 100 Good. Left, lefty too. pitcher, tall head. Yeah, they oh. love him, too. They just had a, um, in USA Today Baseball Weekly, they just had a look at the Twins. It's funny after we talked about that. And he was a guy they said to keep an eye on. So congratulations to him and congratulations to me and Barkley for being Twins. There fans. you go. And here's the other thing. Tomorrow, 9 o'clock in the morning, set your DVR. Our girl Nicole Eggert's going to be on the Megan Kelly show. You know what, man? I will say this quickly about her. And and Dave and I are very fond of her because of how much she got a kick out of Dave's story. I think it's incredibly brave for what she is doing right now, coming out and talking about things that happened to her apparently when she was a teenager with Scott Baio. Scott yeah. Baio's a fucking weirdo to me, too. This guy, man, what a nut job. Now, look, we weren't there. We don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, I will take her at her word. Bayo comes out the other day, puts this very strange Facebook Live video out where you can hear his wife whispering <laughs> things to him and he's reading notes. Um, man, I, I mean, Casey Affleck is not going to present at the Academy Awards first time in a long time because of the Me Too. James Franco didn't get nominated yeah. for an Academy Award because of the Me Too. Things are changing in this thing. I hope when you take a look and you see when somebody is brave like Nicole Eggert or any of the other dozen of fe uh, dozens of female actresses that have put up with this bullshit, and, and if Nicole, if that happened to her when she was underage, 14, and she has carried that pain for that long, and then people attack her, personally attack her on Twitter, man. I, I'm. Uh, uh, we're in her corner, and if any of those guys, you and I, will go drive. We'll take this. Well, we don't have a station van anymore. But uh, I, I just couldn't be more proud to say that she's a friend of this show, for her standing up and saying things and fighting back. Good for her. We got her back completely. We know all of you do as well. And just send her a message on uh, social media and say, Hey, Nicole, Dave, and Jeff, we're talking about you. Keep fighting the good fight. We got your back in San Diego. It's she, funny. I, I, she's cool. Man. She is cool. It's funny. I sent her a, a message today. Oh, I bet and, you did. And no, you know what? It was almost word for word what you just said. It was very interesting. And I used the word brave also because yeah. that's not easy to come out, especially when you're in a situation and you're saying, I'm still looking for jobs and my career's not going the way I hoped it would go at this time that she's going to go out and say, This is something that happened to me at 14 years old. I'm going to tell my story. I, I think she's incredible. 
incredibly brave, and we talked about Ronda Rousey earlier. I think Nicole's great, and, and I think she's awesome, and we should support her. And I think one other thing we should support, and also do this on social media, is I think we should all encourage Lisa Ann to continue to give a little bit of a glimpse as to what's going on. On oh my God. <laughs> I think our only issue with Lisa Ann is right now, she apparently is a little shy. <laughs> She's a little shy, right? Are, are you, I, I can't check out Instagram yeah. anymore. Like, I don't even know why I haven't. I got rid of Facebook altogether. Yeah. I no longer have a Facebook account. I don't miss it at all. I hated that messenger bullshit. It's all gone. <laughs> Um, and no, it's funny since you get rid of Facebook, all the people that are trying to get to you not go through me. Well, tell them leave you alone. Yeah, I went to high school with Jeff. Tell them I'm no, like, no, don't. Because what happened was quickly since 2016, I've probably lost six really good people in my life, including CS a couple weeks ago. And uh, and what happened was with Facebook memories and everything else, uh, it just became more sad. Yeah. And you go, God damn, this thing was supposed to be fun. It was great to see what people were doing, the political garbage and all that. And I, Dave, I don't miss it at all. I'll never Good. go back to Facebook. But Instagram, God damn. So then I set up an Instagram account, which I don't, I don't know how, like on the desktop. I have it on the desktop at work. I don't know how you can post a picture. But all of a sudden, like you'll be scrolling through and yep. Jagger and Christie's dog Bodie I'll be seeing. And then all of a sudden, here's Kim Kardashian in her big rack. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm fired. I am fired barely, if they see this. Barely scrambles it out. Like, you can say, I completely can see your nipples. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, you know, I know a lot of you are looking at that. And you're saying, you know what the simple resolution to that is? You don't follow her. You Why know, my simple that? resolution, mind your own goddamn business, okay? Why don't you mind your own goddamn business? As my eighth grade English teacher used to say, the last guy who was perfect ended up on the cross. <laughs> oh my gosh! Remember but, that? Remember Earl Bruce? That's what he said. Yeah, that's who it was. That's Earl, Earl Bruce, Bruce said was the Col guy. Colorado that's State when he got fired. Somebody. It was the best. Earl Bruce was the guy. I was trying to think today. I had somebody. Everybody that, in the room looked at each other like, "I don't think Jesus ever said that." You yeah, know, it was <laughs> the great. last guy that proclaimed to be perfect ended up that's on the cross. Exactly who it was. I knew it was somebody because we said it. We'd play that clip all the time. So I look, I need her when she comes down here for the Dave and Jeff Christmas yeah. party. I need her to feel encouragement and love from all of us. I just think like if you said, Hey, Lisa Ann, Dave and Jeff were were talking about you the other night. They're so proud of you with your new website. Yeah. Hey, just say, keep up the good work. Keep sending those photos down. There Maybe not so much between Eight and six, if you could, <laughs> maybe more about eight thirty when they're sitting in the garage and he's like, "God damn!" Like, oh man, so right. so Megan Kelly tomorrow at nine is Nicole for Lisa Eckert. Ann. No, for uh, Nicole Eckert. All right, but tomorrow night, Jimmy Kimmel at eleven thirty has Stormy Daniels on. Now I will tell you the honest yeah. God truth: if Stormy Dan, if you loaded four blonde porn stars yeah. in this garage right now. You could have four of them and said, which one Stormy Daniels? I don't think I could pick her out. I hate to say it. I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's the one that they gave 130 grand to. Yeah. Do, do you, like, this is not even political. Yeah. 
all, God, these guys get so wound up. Hannity and all these donkeys get so wound up. This is just guy to guy and, and anybody dumb enough to listen to this podcast. When you hear that she got 130 grand from Trump, yeah, just ask yourself, do you believe it? Take your politics out. Do you believe it? Yeah, I do believe it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, because one hundred thirty grand is is like a dime to Jeff and I. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean he, to him, to, to for us, one hundred thirty grand is a ton. I should say it's a dime to to Donald Trump. Yeah, or anyone else who has a billion dollars or multiple billions. You of dollars. heard what it's he nothing. said to Billy Bush on the bus. Yeah, you heard it. He's a powerful guy. Yeah. So if he if he if he's trying to bang Nancy O'Dell, yeah. From Entertainment Tonight, and he's taking her furniture shopping. He admitted it. Yeah. It's not anything that we're making up. And and now you go, okay, here's yeah. a porn star. She fucks for a living. Yeah. She gets paid to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know what she gets per scene, but okay. Yeah. And I'm a powerful guy, and I'm on TV, and... Wink, wink, I'm going to get you on the Celebrity Apprentice. Jesus Christ, I cleared a spot for Alfonso Ribeiro. You don't think I could get you on, Stormy? Don't you think tomorrow Kimmel kills it on Tuesday night? And the reason I say that, remember when Hugh Grant went on The Tonight Show and it yeah. changed his audience forever? Yeah. I'm not saying that Jimmy Kimmel's going to become number one forever, but tomorrow night he's going to win, especially after the State of the Union and then Kimmel's going to be on? Okay, I would say, not that anybody needs our advice, but it's the same approach that when... Lisa Ann was on the show. You kill it if you don't go gratuitous. Yeah. Because if you cr- get creepy, then then it's just creepy. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch it. But if you can make her likable, and that's not anything that me and Dave did. Lisa Ann's just cool. She's just cool. Yeah, she was. We just provided you the opportunity to find out how cool she was, and she took the bait and she ran with it. That, to me, is the challenge for Kimmel tomorrow. The the and and also I'm wondering like Lisa Ann on this podcast hit the ground running, she was cool, she was funny, she was great, but it, it's much different just chilling at your at your condo in in L.A. than having to go out. I'm fascinated by what does Stormy Daniels wear, what's the attitude, how lighthearted, how much do you find out, what does she find out? But if it gets creepy, where you go, well, I can't really watch that with my wife. Um, then I think you failed. But if you tell the story and say, hey, look, this is what happened, how it happened, and this is why I'm credible, Yes. even though I, I have done adult films, you, all right. She has to be, I'm guessing, the only guest on tomorrow night, right? There's not going to be, you know, Chris Stapleton's not going to follow that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just going to be her for one hour. David correct? Tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's one guy. No, I know. One I, person. I don't think it is. Really? You don't think they run that thing from the monologue I, to the whole show? I think there is I think there is a difference between TV and radio. To me, one of the things that I love about this is we walk in here every night, much different than the radio show. There's one or two things that we may want to cover, and it's a conversation. I don't know. I think Colbert can handle a conversation. Yeah. I don't think James Corden can handle a conversation. I think Kimmel, because he's a radio guy, can handle it. I don't think Fallon can handle it. I do think Seth Meyers can handle it. I don't think Carson Daly can handle it. I think Conan can handle it. Um, 
it, it's a conversation. You have to you have to be able to have a curiosity about the person sitting in the chair, but you also have to use the skill set that you've developed to make them comfortable and make them entertaining. And and I think we'll find out yeah. tomorrow night. I think it's going to be a home run. I do. I think. I of think, course, you will. You I, fucking I, perv. Uh, you call me whatever you want. I think it's a home run. I think he's going to be great. I think she's going to be great. She can't wait to get up, talk, and showcase herself. It's funny because when but we did, she have, needs to make herself credible, yeah. and likable. Yeah. And I'm saying, Dave, credible and likable to the Bible Belt. It's real easy to a couple of scrubs yeah. like us. Well, the we Bible go, Belt. She's pretty. Yeah. Well, the, I like her. <laughs> the Bible Belt's gonna do the. I can't believe. But we all know in reality, the, num- the numbers show that the people who watch the most porn are the people from the Bible Belt. Yeah. I, I when, Remember in the old days when we had AOL and yeah. AOL had those chat rooms? I would, uh, I would go into the chat room and I'd be like, I'd always find the Christian chat yeah, room. That was laugh, yeah. And I'd go I, in the sports one, see if I could get 23 people to follow what I was saying about yeah. the Padres, and you'd be going to the Christian one. I'd go in the Christian one and I'd be like, hey getting a little heavy in here how about a joke and people would say well that sounds wonderful padre fan 14 so i'd say the pope walks into a bar with a monkey on his arm you repent padre 14 (laughs) i'm like i haven't even got to the punchline um it's david it's easy when you go in and you have trevor hoffman when the guest on a sports talk show is trevor hoffman you're going to win tony gwynn is going to win but what you have, what it's just where I come from in, in the in the in the art form. I hope he's taking it serious. I hope I hope Kimmel's looking at it and go, look, this is different than when I have Tracy Morgan oh, yeah. sitting here. Well, this is his guest of the year, and there's not going to be a bigger guest for him the entire year than this. His audience is going to be gigantic because everyone's watching. Every network is rolling mm-hmm. on him. Fox is rolling on him. NBC's rolling on MSNBC. Everybody's rolling on what Kimmel does tomorrow night. Yeah, and 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 you got to be aware of it. Yeah. But you you got it. You you got one shot in there, man. Yeah. You got one shot in there. You it's his job. See, this is where I don't know if Kimmel can win. I think he does. I think he hits a home run. I well, think why don't you let it. me make my goddamn I, point? I just think you're doubting a guy. You know he's going to be great. He's going to hit a home run. All right, you tell me this right here. Yes. If you can convince me of that, and look, I'm okay. watching. I'll be watching. Can Kimmel for the for the course of that interview? Make it about her, not about him. Yeah, I think he does. There's already shit. You've read the transcripts, right? Have you looked at any yeah. of this? The shit about him ordering the pizzas with the pizzas on top that of the pizzas. Is singing? That's, that's <laughs> the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> Which is weird because he does a lot of weird things. But that is the weirdest thing ever that he's like a third grader singing about pizzas on top of pizzas. He, You have to, when she comes in there, you have to make her comfortable. Yeah. Because if she's nervous and there's nervous laughter, you're in trouble. Yeah. You have to make her comfortable, and he has to make it about her. It, it, it's, it's, it's a date with a porn star tomorrow night. It it's is. not about Jimmy. It's about her telling her story, and how does she do it in a way that makes her credible and make her likable? That would be, if I'm Kimmel tonight... That's what I'm saying with my producers and my writers and everything else. Look, we have one thing that we have to accomplish tomorrow night. We have to make her credible and we have to make her likable. Yep. And, and if we do that, then then we killed it. 
Yeah. But but if we can't, if ego gets in the way and I got to get my zinger in there, I got to get my one line in there. Like when when Fallon had Trump on and he's doing the hair thing, he looked like a complete clown. It was clown. ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It, it's kind of funny. When we had Lisa Ann on, we asked her, um, how far into the future do you get to the point where you see adult film stars on shows like Kimball, yeah. like Fallon, and then here we are less than a year later and there's one coming on? Yeah. The, it's just the, the, the only thing that I would say about that interview is um, – that looking at different things and reading the that's funny to say about her, but um, looking at interviews that she had done and just finding that line that she had said on Fox, um, where everybody wants to be with me, but nobody wants yeah. to be with me, it, it didn't make any sense to use that in the first two minutes. What what the feeling was? Let's talk to her for forty minutes and see what she's all about. I kind of have the feeling that she's going to be really really cool. And people are going to feel like a connection with her and go, wow, I didn't think I'd like an adult film star, but I do. And then here comes the hook. Here comes the hook. Boom. Okay, well, you know all these NBA stars, and you've made money, and you've got out on the other side, but you're looking for that other person in your life, and you can't find it. You have people that want to be with you for five hours, but you're struggling to find people that want to be with you for five years. That's what I'm looking for out of Kimmel tomorrow night. What is Kimmel's hook going to be that when we walk away, you go, wow, man, that's the crazy thing. That's the thing you you wouldn't have put together with her. That's how you make her likable. That's how you make her credible. Again, I'm not telling him how to do his job. I'm just saying you do this long enough, you kind of figure it out. But if you go in there, it's a circle jerk and it's like, hey, show us your tits. Who gives yeah. a shit? Hey, I don't think he's. I don't think. He, I don't think you're going to see it from that. I just think here's no, a I guy because I do like him. Yeah, here's a guy that's been in the business for number one, 15 years on TV, but radio for even you know whatever longer time or double that amount of time. Plus, you bring up a point. The guy has multiple producers and 15 writers, and they aren't going to fuck this up. They've had a week to get this together. This is a huge get what, for ABC what, and for Jimmy. What Kimmel. I would love to know is what is the goal you're trying to attain in the interview? Are you trying to make it about her? Or is this about us? Because if you succeed in making it about her, you're going to win. Of course. That would be the fight I would fight in the producer's room. We'll find out tomorrow night. It'll we will. be a fun show. All right. We'll come back. We'll, we'll talk more about what we saw and everything else that went through on TV and, of course, other things that are going on. But this was a lot of fun talking sports. We knocked out a lot of sports tonight. Yeah. Got it yeah. all done. We got right. it all done. All right. And we had some stones, too. 20 Feet from Stardom is a documentary to check out, Dave. You'll love it. All right.